Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. So we're honored to have our guest, DeBrick Shaw. Ferguson, what's going on, boss? How you doing? I'm good. How are you guys doing? We good, Draft man. class of oh, 2006. We in the building. Just to let everybody know. I oh. mean, you're big time. You're Virginia Cavalier. I mean, everybody loves Virginia. Uh, if you've been there. I don't know anything about the campus. Tell me one thing, Brick, that uh, that most people that have not been to Virginia would know once you go on the campus or play football there. The dorms are different. They they redid the dorms. Okay. Um, so uh, I I used to live in old dorms, old Humphreys, and I think that's gone now. I think they've changed that. Okay. So I didn't know that. Yeah, a lot of lot of new. A lot of new construction. Everybody's keeping up with the Joneses now. Absolutely. All right. Now, the one thing that I did not know until uh, we did a little bit more research on you, uh, D-Brick, is that uh, you only missed one snap Mm -hmm. your whole career. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's crazy. So you missed one snap. How did you, first of all, how did you manage to do that? And I'll share with the people. It was in 2008, week 17 versus the Dolphins. You guys were going to lose the game and they just pulled you out the last... Yeah, I think we did lose the game, um, <laughs> but we we're doing a trick play with something we had practiced. Uh, we take out all the offensive linemen, we put in all skill position players, and kind of hike the ball and kind of do the oh the razzle dazzle, yes. throw it back, throw it back. Didn't work, and that was the play. <laughs> I Gosh, think the Cowboys that's tried something like this this past year in the playoffs, and it really embarrassed It's very me. rare that you know it's like if you have to do that, you, you've lost. Yeah, and you're dying a second. So another another <laughs> another player that has a similar stat, uh, Joe Thomas, 
Mm-hmm. He's got mm-hmm. the I don't know how many career snaps he's played, but he holds I guess the record of having the most snaps ever played. Or he didn't miss a single snap his entire career. He played what eleven years, if I'm not mistaken. So do I don't are know. you? I don't know. How do you feel about? It? Is there any disgruntledness or? You know, he's a phenomenal athlete. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. been consistent. Um, you know, I applaud everything that he's done. Yeah. yeah. So I'm a huge fan of the show Key and Pill. Mm. Right. Crazy fan, yeah. And when I get car services, I use the nicknames that they had for the <laughs> the All Star games. So whenever there's a car service, you might see the name El Carbatron Duke Marriott, nice, or Charmelot Masdoon. You know what I'm saying? Kringle McCringleberry, the uh, Jigglage Margoon, LSU University. Like I use all those names. I think you were like one of the original guys yeah. for that, right? Yes. Talk, tell people, please tell me how you got that. Like, did they come to you? Did they? They did come to me. It, it wasn't as, um, you know, personal. I actually met, um, I think, Keegan later at a, a separate uh, foundation event. But they were saying that, um, you know, the idea kind of spurned from that. I think one of their representatives reached out to me and I'm like, yeah, I'd be open to do it. Uh, and so it was just a fun thing. You know, a lot of times uh, I've heard my name a couple times in movies. Um, and it's always interesting where it's like, all right, well, I, I know who they're talking about. There's not too many of us. In fact, there's one. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was tell cool. me this, though. All right. Back to your career a little bit more, because I'm still a little bit taken back that you only missed one snap. Mm-hmm. All right. Was it anything in particular that you did to stay healthy? Or was it anything that you did to take care of your body, your mental? I mean, did you even miss practice or did you miss no. play? Like you didn't. This is just not your thing. You just yeah, And I think the funny thing is it was nothing, nothing that I ever thought about. Right. I think earlier on, you know, Eric Mangini. He had us doing a lot. We were doing yoga. We were doing uh, martial arts, jujitsu. I mean, we were back in the old days. Yeah, when nobody was not doing that. Off season, off season, you know, they kept us at the facility. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there was no time restrictions. It wasn't like four hours. No, we were there all day. And so I think the idea of just football being uh, kind of everything stuck. Um, But I, I do count it a blessing. I mean, there's a lot of guys that. Um, I've done the same things or even more and they've suffered injuries. Yeah. So I don't want to say like it was something that I was doing that they weren't. Um, it, it was probably just a was. blessing. It's okay. It's okay. It but Rick, like, how's your body feeling now? I mean, you did all those things. You I mean, I can, all this I can cross my leg like you. So, you <laughs> yeah. know, shake the ankle a little bit. So that's a good sign. You know, hip flexors are good. You know? I'm good for about three like, Is your body good genuinely? Because you're a bigger guy. Mm-hmm. Most bigger guys have issues as they get older. How much weight did you lose after you? Your- so I was about 310 when I played. I, I've gotten uh, down in, let's say, to about 260, but I'm probably about like 275, 280. That's yeah. probably where I... And you feel good. You look good. Well, Bones, knees, yeah. all that, joints and all I that, right? I appreciate that. Um, you know, I, I, I think I've always been a curious kind of athlete, mm-hmm. so I would, yeah. I would dabble in different things. Um, like ice, what? Ice skating. Okay. Uh, I try to do amazing. hockey clinics. Skate. Yeah. I try Can to you do skate a- backwards? Not fast. <laughs> I mean, I'm not out here just like, <laughs> you know, some people are graceful. That's not. That's not so it. you're not, you would not use the term graceful to describe. I the would Greek say, um, you know, somebody who's learning. My son, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm like most dads. You know, you want your son to, to do something to help him get discipline and, and learn and focus and things like that. And ours was Taekwondo. My son is mm-hmm. a typical boy. He wants to run and kick and punch and jump off and wrestle and, you know, break everything. Taekwondo, you know, get some good discipline. Yeah. 
And my son did it for about four, maybe four or five years. Okay. And he ended up getting this black belt in Taekwondo. And it was like, I was so proud of him because it was something he he stuck with it for a a, a long time. To accomplish something. To accomplish something. And it was great for him to learn that and see that at a very young age. Yeah. I'm very proud of him. I heard or I learned um, that you are a black belt Mm -hmm. and you hold a brown belt. Now, what do you hold your brown black belt in? Uh, Shotokan. Shotokan. Okay. And you, and what is your brown belt in? Taekwondo. So that was around the time that I had uh, open heart surgery. It was very early, eight, eight, nine. Yeah. Know. This is what we wanted to bring up. So yeah. most people don't know that you actually had open heart surgery yeah. when you were eight or nine years old. Yeah. Maybe you could talk about that if you're willing to share with us a little yeah, bit. Yeah. So I think um, as a younger child, I was just a little bit out of breath and um, it, it came up on a random um check through my uh, pediatrician. And she just recommended, hey, can you do some more testing? You know, we're just noticing some things. And I had a a slight defect, I think, in one of my valves. And Mm -hmm. I had too many um, veins on one side. And they they changed that. So, um, you know, I I think about that as a a starting point. And I think of kind of where I've ended up, Mm -hmm. particularly in my football career and even the things that I do now. And that's why I can't, I can't say like, oh, I just did this thing and this thing. And that's the reason why I've had yeah. this outcome, because I don't think it was, you know, ever supposed to be that initially. Mm-hmm. I think even when I had my initial uh, results, they were saying like, hey, you know, contact sports, you know, you may always be limited in some ways. So I guess I, it did. It was a miracle. It is a miracle yeah. that I had the opportunity to, to go on and play sports and it didn't uh, hold me back, you know. But there are a lot of similarities. Do you think the the taekwondo or the the martial arts played a a, a pivotal role in you one being drafted so early and, and two helping you manhandle? I think you know men I, defensive I, linemen. I think the value of sports at a young age is just like learning your body. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of times, you know, kids um, unless you're in a sport that's organized that mm-hmm. teaches you, okay, no, stand a certain way, bend a certain way. Have your head up. You don't learn how to move well. And I think when you have that as a foundation uh, and you continue that going, moving forward, you can build on that. I think it's sometimes harder when you start later and you're trying to learn how to be coordinated. Yeah. And, Learn things. You know, now if you look at YouTube, you'll see these little kids doing these little drills. Oh, they're doing all the drills. Like at very early ages. And I'm like, wow, like how do you compete with somebody who's been doing that right. since three? And you're learning to play a sport at nine or 15. It's, it's very hard to compete with that. One of the things I try to tell parents, and I, I get asked a lot of questions about, well, how old were you when you played football? Mm-hmm. Should I let my son play football now? And I guess the one answer I give them every time is I, I say let them play, but play flag football. Whether you're the big kid, the little kid, the mm-hmm. male, female, boy, girl, whatever, I think flag football is good for you because you learn how to use your body. Yes. Whether you're an offensive lineman and you know you're not going to be a, a a running back when you get older because you're one of the bigger kids, but play. It allows you to play every position. It allows you to run the ball. It allows you to learn, cut, and, yes. and do all those things. And and not only that, but play basketball, play baseball, play play hockey, play as many sports, yeah. tennis, whatever. Maybe not golf, but mm. play all the sports you can play. I felt like a dick somewhere, but go ahead. No, no, no. He, Thank he, you. He think Thank he Tiger Woods over here, but anyway, we'll, we'll get to that later on off camera. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge advocate for kids playing Every sport they can at such at a, at a really young age. I Absolutely. think nowadays kids they focus on one sport and they that's all they a lot more. they specialize more. And it's that's not time to specialize. You got to do that later on in life. 
So you were inducted into the Jets Ring of Honor. J E T H Jets Jets Jets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was up there. I was. I went up there a couple months ago. I. I was. Yeah. I, I went up there a couple months. Up to take away consult. About strapping them back on. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. I was. Like, I, I went to. Got some I went juice. there for I practice for a whole day. Coach. I went up there for the practice for a whole day. It was ah, great. My hip. My hip. <laughs> Rick, you got a, a a very a great dry sense of humor. I, that's what I love about you. It's like you always got you always coming something from the hill. But emotionally, what did that do for you? Especially knowing that you retired early, people were still wanting more of the Brickishaw Ferguson when you stepped away. Mm-hmm. You never miss games. You never miss practice, and to be honored at the end, what does that feel like? How, what does that do for you? I, I, I know you're a guy that's not. You you like to keep things light, and you're mm-hmm. not gonna you're not gonna talk about yourself, and you're not gonna be too overindulgent. But for us, I want you to I want you to tell me what it was like for you to like be honored in that moment. You can tell me too, though. I'm here. <laughs> you know, it's a very surreal moment. I think a lot of times, uh, as athletes, we fixate on the things that we've done wrong, the mm-hmm. sacks that we've given up. Yep. Yeah. Um, it was uh, interesting. One of my worst games was against Andre Carter. He was playing at the, for the Patriots at the time. And this was like, I don't say, three years before the end, whatever. Uh, and then he, he and I were coaching. Uh, I was doing an internship with the Jets. So I was with strength and conditioning. And he was actually coaching the defensive line um, at that time, I think, under Greg Williams. And um, I would look at that guy. I'm like, man, you... Uh, you just never got over it. You, know, you never get over it. And I'm still looking, and we're pretending doing moves, and I'm like still hot. hot. I'm like, how many years is, is this afterwards? Would I you mean, say? it's it's it's, it's got to be. I mean, it was a considerable amount of years. I mean, it was at least like I don't know, like I don't know, seven. Like it was considerable or more. Right. You know, it was considerable. And I'm looking at this man like I don't know that I could ever be your friend. Because of what you did to me. We played a game. We played them twice. Played them earlier in the year. Normal game, you know, doing my shots, feeling good about myself. I guess he didn't feel that way, right? And then the next game changed everything. He went to the Pro Bowl that year, Mm. and I helped him. I don't like that. So when you have moments like that, you fixate on that. You don't forget those moments. Clearly. And then, you know, you, you get a call and... You know, uh, Mr. Johnson and Nick Nick Mangold and and Mark Sanchez on their show presented me with this this honor. You're kind of like, I don't know. I don't know where to place this. I think of all the coaches and all the coaching points. I think of college. I think of, you know, the transition into retirement. I think of all those things that cause, you know, certain amount of challenges. And then you get this recognition like, hey. You know, you were a good player. You you did accomplish some amazing things, and yeah. we want to acknowledge that. It kind of gives you a different perspective, and I think it's sometimes healthy to get those acknowledgments because you don't know where people are. You know, right. you yes. don't yeah. know the things that people are going through. I know we have this podcast to see like what's happening now, but it's a bit of a journey. I know a lot of athletes talk about their time in retirement. Mm-hmm. And it's a stage of finding themselves. You yeah. know, we were in that executive program together in finance, you know, um, a lot of internships, you know, um, went through a divorce. Like a lot of things have changed. And now you're in a position where you're like, I think I'm in a good place now. You yeah. know, and it doesn't just happen. It takes different uh, opportunities. It takes different things like a recognition, like yeah. getting into nursing school, like, you know, um, raising your daughters, um, mm-hmm. like meeting someone and, and spending time and building relationship. 
it takes these things in order to like get to a different place. So um, it's a part of that journey. How long would you say it took you to to get into that place to find that that safe space? Say after after you were done with football, after you retired. You know, I think the biggest thing I'll, I'll say one more thing. I think the biggest thing is as an athlete trying things. Mm-hmm. You have an idea. It's like, hey, you know, I want to be proactive. You know, you do the things that you learn about. Oh, I'm going to take this boot camp. I'm going to take this course. I'm going to intern with this company. But I think it's very different being a retired player trying things, right? Because now it's real, right? Now Mm -hmm. you don't have the the football as your back. Now you can leverage the opportunity. Right. But even in leveraging that opportunity, have you carved out a skill set where you can say, well, no, this is who I am. This is how I'm showing up. I, I don't want to just be the front for this thing. I, I want to be able to do that skill. Um, and I think, you know, you have some real personal conversations. I'm sure you guys have had it as well, where yeah. it's like, all right, what am I going to do? Whether you're financially stable or not, how am I going to, you know, show up in this time in my life? Who am I today? Who mm-hmm. am I now? And I think it takes a couple of years, um, whether you're in a good space or not, in order to like, let that sink in, you know. Uh, the pandemic, I don't think, was a, a, a help in the sense that it, it caused people to kind of be distanced or mm-hmm. reevaluate. All right, I don't have the same opportunities. I can't just go and, and meet up with friends now. Or if I do meet up with friends, you know, we have to, you know, make sure we're socially distancing because this is a real thing that's impacting lives. So it took a number of years, um, and um, I do think. It is an ongoing process, right? Yeah. This reinvention, you know, who am I today? You know, how am I evolving? Um, but forward, moving forward is progress. And I think having the opportunity to, like, continue and pursue the things that have interest to you um, has allowed me to be in a better space. I, I think it's so important also to bring up the fact of being confident in these in these uh in these spaces yeah. like we're so confident in football absolutely and then when like you said you don't have that to fall back on or to lean on to say now nah, i'm really roman harper or peanut tillman like and i'm just doing this on the side but now no i cut the cable yeah and now you have to be in this space and be confident in it um you're probably a great example because since you've transitioned out of football, you've done some financial things. Mm-hmm. And I want you to maybe talk to me and share with everybody that transition, what that was like for you to get into the financial space. Absolutely. Uh, being confident in what you were doing. Like when we did that executive class, I, I was just like enamored with you because you were so confident. You're already doing some other things. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, you were still learning. Absolutely. You were still on this journey of growing. And then now, since you're moving from finance, you're doing some other things as well. So I want you to be able to give you the floor and share with us on that whole period of this whole journey that you've been on and really finding yourself and still gaining confidence in this space. Because I think that's the one thing that all of us players lack once we're not playing football. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So I, I think, you know, it starts with, you know, how can I help? Right. It starts with how can I help? And that's a broad statement. Right. Um, and I, I really, you know, you read the SI article, why athletes go broke, you hear all these different things and it's like, well, how can I be an advocate for my, for my peers? Right. Mm -hmm. How can I learn about this space, bonds, equity? Like, how can I educate myself in a manner where I know what I'm talking about? So I interned with a couple companies, um, and I, I, I started, I actually worked with my financial advisor, uh, for about a year. We like interned. And so, when I, I, I learned about the executive education program at Columbia, 
and it was about angel investing. And I wanted to be able to educate myself on, okay, this area, as well as the base of knowledge, which I developed working with my advisor. I worked for a sustainability impact uh, company that was more of like a, a startup and they were doing some exciting things in like sustainability and impact investing. So I was like trying to get it all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I didn't find what I was looking for from a sense of like purpose, purpose, like how am I like, is this really what I want? Yeah. You know, yeah, I could ask the question like, OK, did I want to try to work for, um, you know, a different kind of firm that I want to stay individual? You know, how did I want to work with my peers? I think I struggle with the idea of like coming to you like, hey, you know, I want to uh, yeah. manage your account. You know, I want to. I want you to trust me in my firm and, and allow me to invest your funds. I think I probably could have gotten more comfortable, but I don't think that's really what I wanted. Yeah. So I kept on looking, you know, and I kept on looking. Uh, the pandemic happened, you know, uh, again, changed in my relationship. So my my situation was completely different. And I'm like, well, I still have to find self. I'm still alive. Right. Yeah, yeah. I still have purpose. Yes, I played football. Yes, I had a great career. But what am I today? And I was having a lot of conversations with my mom. And she was like, you know, the one thing that I she's a nurse. Yeah. Uh, One thing that she liked about nursing was the opportunity to learn a new space. But you can also learn a lot of different spaces. A lot of these, uh, whether it be, let's say, becoming a doctor, whether it become a lawyer. Sometimes the the barrier of entry is a little bit longer, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. You can become a go to law school and not get a job. Right. You know, you can become a doctor, um, but that might be a seven year commitment, especially if you specialize in an area. Um, and I just needed that sense of like, I think I can I can do this. Right. I hadn't done sciences since, I don't know, high school. Yeah. So my confidence in that space was like, I don't know if I can do this. UVA was hard for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I don't know about this, you know, Um so I went to community college. I took my prerequisites and I just kind of started, you know, yeah. one class at a time. I think for me, it was really important. I think we touched on it a little bit before is like I wanted something that I could offer. Like, yes, I play football, but I have this. Yeah. I'm qualified to do this work and I play football. So if both of them help or, you know, encourage one another, great. But even without football, I can still do my job with excellence. Right. right. And that's something we learn as athletes. So um, did the prerequisites, and then I just started applying to nursing schools. I applied to nursing programs, got into several, and then, um, you know, going to start in the fall. So um, I'm excited for that opportunity. There gives me an opportunity whether I want to, you know, do more like a, a nurse practitioner. You know, I can, I can do my training uh, and, and reassess. Maybe I don't want to do that. Maybe I want to do more um, like urgent care or just, I don't know. And I think I like that I have the ability to learn and and figure that part out. Are you willing to be a travel nurse? Travel nursing, a little challenging with kids, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) A little challenging, like, okay, let's pack up guys. Come on, come on. We're going to go in the RV, you know, a little, a little hard. uh, That's what's up though, man. I I think I like that. I kind of found myself in your, I can identify with that because Mm -hmm. when I retired, I'd, I did some media stuff for a while and I, I enjoyed it. I just didn't have fun with it immediately. Mm-hmm. It was fun. It was good, but it just wasn't like, ah, I needed something just a little bit different. Yeah. And then now, you know, six, almost six years later, you know, I'm kind of back in the media and now I'm, I'm, I'm loving every minute of it. 
you know. It's also about the company you keep. Mm. Yeah, mm. definitely about the company you mm. keep. It's my guy mm. alone. Just say, you know, he my, he, hey, he's my partner in crime. I, 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 I will say. I did this show by myself and it was trash. I was terrible, but I needed somebody to help me. And this has been my guy, even Ace Boone Coon, since since yeah, since day one. So yeah, I appreciate you. So let's talk about somebody that is helping, and that's you, Brick. Um, your foundation, mm-hmm. really high value in education in mm-hmm. our youth. Could you talk about what edu? Uh, clearly, education has been a big part of your life, and I, I can tell your mom's a big influence on that. Maybe just share with us the importance of it uh, with you your foundation and the education part of it. And I think that was something earlier on that we were like, look, everybody doesn't have this opportunity to play in the NFL. I had people who I went to school with and for whatever reason, weren't given the same opportunities, whether financially to go to college and do those things. Mm -hmm. Right. So I wanted to be able to financially give scholarships, but also have transition programs. You know, what is it like to be a student athlete? So we have like skills and drills. How do you learn? How do you, um, what are some of the learning skills? Are you more auditory? Do you you have to write things down? Like, can you see it? Can you see it? Like what what, visual, like what are your learning skills? And so we would bring in different professionals, even a little finance, you know, do you want to get that credit card in college or do you just not? Why don't you just get the meal plan? Right. Eat the nasty pasta, but you're not going to be in debt when you're 30. Right. So it's like you learn those little skills and it was just a way to kind of equip students um, as they transition into college. We're going to take a short break and we'll be back in a minute. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey guys, it's Steve Covino from Covino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck... You buy Toyota Dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. 
John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my day. day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what was your welcome to the NFL moment? Well, one of the positive welcome to the NFL moment was the draft, and I think that was uh, an exciting, exciting time. I remember my first game, Tennessee Titans went against Travis LeBoy, and I'm like, man, I could do this. I, I think I could play. <laughs> I've also went against some other guys where yeah. I'm like, I don't, I don't know if this is for me, and I think, uh, I I think gotta, we've all been there before. i got to think about this. <laughs> I, mean, I was going against Warren Sapp one game, and he's just telling me what I was doing wrong. You're too high, rookie. Too high, sink. And I'm like, oh. You know, I was like, oh. he's running by I was like, man, I don't know. Get, awesome. you know. I don't think I've ever heard somebody That's just. That's like a real vet move, though. That is when a real you vet move. How, how young were you? How young were you? That was early. I was early in the game. But I, I was older. I went against DeMarcus Ware and did the same thing. You know, you know, sack my quarterback. Hey, Brick, how you doing? You all right, man? I'm like, get, get off me. I don't know you. Stop. <laughs> we're not friends. <laughs> But yeah, you know, some I, I I dislike the nice guys more than I I like the uh, the angry guys. Like the angry guys, I'm like I don't like you either. Or the nice guys are like, hey man, you know they'll sack you, you sack your quarterback, and they'll lift, help the you up. Nice guy, Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, I, Larry me. Fitz is the biggest. He is the nicest guy, He's and I worst. hated him for it because I, I didn't want to jam him because I was just like I want to just hit you in your. Mm. But, then but then he'll then, crack block you when you're not watching. Yeah. It's yeah. like yeah. Hit you with that Heinz Ward. Blah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah. My, Fitz is that's that's him. All right, so let's 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 do these quick hitters real quick. So. Um, obviously we all have to retire and we all have to try to figure out something, uh, what we're going to do. Absolutely. What would, what, what would be your advice to a newly freshly retired, uh, NFL player? Self-awareness is key. Mm-hmm. Uh, really learning mm-hmm. like, who am I? What do I do? Well, what don't I do well? And not from a, like, not presenting to other people, but like understanding self, like what are the areas that I really struggle with in? Cause I think those are the things that don't go away. Right. You'll, you'll still be with those as you go to all these different places. Uh, and so I think learning that as best as you can is helpful. That could be done through therapy. That could be done through church. That could be done through friendship. Uh, I think it's a collection of everything, you know, some yeah. really tight friendships where people are just telling you about you and not just, you know, telling you maybe what you want to hear or what has always been the norm. Mm -hmm. But I think if you know yourself a little bit better, you can make decisions that are more in line with who you are, particularly as a retired athlete. All right. So I'm supposed to ask you a quick hitter, but I got to I got to know this one Mm because you got paid when nobody when back in the day before they changed the salary. What was your first big splurge purchase? Um. I mean, so I was I was one of those rookies that like didn't it was new to me. So I didn't want to touch it. You know, I didn't know what to do. 
And so I, here's a funny story. I'm sure you don't know this one. Um, my offensive line, my brothers in the trenches, they would find me every day until I bought a new car. I had a Ford Taurus Green. Um, I think it was 1983. And you were rolling through this every day. How long did you? Oh, keep- then I upgraded. My bad. I'm sorry. So I, my dad, he used to have. Um, Cars for work, business cars, and you can like have the option to mm-hmm. buy it. So it was like a 2002 gray gunmetal Ford Taurus. Um, and I had that. Ford. And my old lineman would find me. <laughs> P. Kendall, Brandon Moore, Anthony Clement. Yeah, put a name on They over. would find me. How much were they finding you every day? I don't know. I, I, I don't remember at this point. I, I guess it was just enough where I knew that I was messing up. It was just annoying. It was just annoying. And... Um, I did buy a car. It was like a, a, a new car, but it wasn't the latest model. Mm-hmm. And then I got disappointment looks on them. They're like, this is what you bought? So it, it was hard. It was hard from the beginning. You know, um, there was another player like me who was like, yeah, save your money. Do all the things that you're supposed to do. And I wasn't getting that positive reinforcement. And my last question, Brick, uh, is um, who's on your Mount Rushmore of influence in your life, whether it's sports personally, emotionally, uh, it's four. Um, and I'd like to know your personal Mount Rushmore. Hmm. Definitely my, my, I'll say my parents, uh, they're, they're a unit. They're yeah. solidified. All right. Can we count them as one? Yeah, we'll count them as one. All right. I like um, I, I have a principal, uh, his name is Jim Brown. He's somebody who I feel, um, kind of led the way early. Was this high school, junior high? Really junior high school. Okay. Uh, junior high school, but we've been in contact. I, I met sure. with him recently. We, we stayed in contact. I was in his wedding. Like, you know, and I think he provided a sense of leadership outside of, you know, the family mm-hmm. household. I would see him in school and everybody had that, his respect. Um, I would, I want to say a pastor, uh, Pastor Harry J. White, he's, he's since deceased, but he was a, a natural encourager. Mm-hmm. You know, he would go out of, his, out of his way to acknowledge my myself and my brother, even to the point where you get in trouble, right? Because you can't be calling out people's kids. And, that, you know, there's a whole church of kids. And you yeah. can't be like, man, these, these Ferguson boys, oh, man. And he'd be like, um, and these other children, every, everybody in the church, just <laughs> clap your hands for the youth, for the youth. Um, and, uh, you know, so he was he was definitely somebody who I felt was impactful. And I'll, I'll give you... Uh, in in the coaching spirit, uh, he was my Shotokan instructor. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is uh, Ray Bobin. Um, For those that don't know what Shotokan is, so it's, you- it's a Japanese style of martial arts. Okay, um, you know, back when we grew up, Bruce Lee, Chuck mm. Norris, yes. like Jackie Chan, that was everything. Yes. That was everything. Nowadays, it's like, oh. That's that's nice. That's that's cool. But it was there was everything. the movies. Yeah, Steven Seagal was everything. Van Damme. <laughs> so that was the yeah. beginning, and and so they even had it. Um, you know, it was retro. I don't remember if you. Uh, he's an actor, Jim Kelly. The uh, he was like uh, he was a black martial artist back oh, in the yeah. day. He was like the guy. Yeah. So the it's guy. like my um, my learning was from uh, like I said, brother, very strong, but. It, it was like the beginnings of discipline. Yeah. There's a point where the novelty wears off. I don't want to do this anymore. And you look at your parents and like, oh, this is we're doing this. And you're like, but I So it becomes hard. You're doing your push-ups, you're mm-hmm. you're doing all the things that you don't want to do, but you're learning your body. Yeah. You're learning how to fight through things. And so when I met my high school coach, I leaned on this. 
Then I met my college coach. I leaned on high school when I met. Mm -hmm. it, it always got harder. It never got easier. Yeah. It never got easier. But I had something to lean on. And I think those individuals. I like that. I do too. Provided foundation throughout yeah. my whole life that I can use even today uh, as I reflect on, you know, everything. And I think even as I get older, I have a different type of respect for my mom. I have a different type of respect for Pastor White because now I know them. Like I know more of their story. Mm -hmm. Now, I, when I've heard things that have popped up, it's like I'm seeing that as an adult and not as a kid, you know. And so it's like, oh, wow. Okay, there's depth here. It's, yeah. it's not exactly what I thought when I was a child, but it's actually even richer now. You know, when I think of my old uh, instructor or I think of my old principal, it's like they just provided leadership at a time that I didn't even realize I needed. Mm. Uh, but it was there. It was there. And it was a pillar, you know. That's that's dope. I'm using that. This is what I leaned on. I'm gonna try to tell that to my son because good luck. I'm yeah, good luck. I'm 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 still gonna use it though. We're gonna see what happens. Peanut I, son is the same kid that gets his socks wet, takes them off, and then when he needs to go put shoes on, puts the same wet socks on. Mm. I'm, I'm we're getting there though. We're consistent we're, though, right? He is consistent. extremely consistent. Son, Great I love job. you. I like it. It's I good quality. You. you know, how was your transition? You know, we've yes. been out we've been out the league for Similar amount of times. I mean, I uh, the last time we had spoken was during that Columbia University, you know, and so at that time it seemed, you know, that was that time. So right. just like a snapshot, like where how's life changed for you guys? Where has it brought you? So, so D Brick, at that point in time, I had three kids. Now I have four. I had a mm. COVID child, uh, another baby boy. Uh, me and my wife are still married, but. At that point in time, I was not doing anything. I was literally just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I took 365 days, did nothing. Mm -hmm. And then once I did that, this was part of my after 365 days uh, when I was taking the, the, the class at Columbia and, um, and really just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Yeah. And, and so since then, now I work for... Um, ESPN SEC Network. Okay. So, um, so our Saturdays we got a show called uh, um, SEC Nation. So we travel all around the SEC. We covering all the teams, and I do a show on Tuesday night. So that's what I'm doing. I'm doing this as well, and uh, and some other uh, real estate plays uh, around the South that I'm kind of trying to be looking out for and things like that. So that's really what consumes my life and four kids. So yeah, I mean that's know. that's all I got. But I live in Charlotte. Yeah. Um, we got to exchange numbers because, you know, you're one of my favorite people when we get well, together. That's, that's high praise. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. I, I did the uh, I did Fox Sports. I did that for a while. Um, got out of that. Uh, did some law enforcement. Now I'm working with Rome. We're doing this show right here. Got four kids. So I'm busy. Mm. I'm busy with, with my see, kids. Uh, and a doing theme here. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's 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 about it. But hey, man, I appreciate you uh, the, coming on. This is one of the best interviews we've had, just purely because you were so open, candid, and you really gave like the 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 listeners and viewers like a real insight on like not just telling you what to do, but like some steps to achieve it. Also, being vulnerable and like, mm -hmm. look, man, it was a lot of growth, and yeah. like yeah. the things that happened in my past where it wasn't always good. Actually, when I got continued to advance. I needed to lean on those rough times Absolutely. to continue to That's push big. me and propel I'm, me I'm forward for the soul. next journey. Like you don't even see what's out there, but the things that you're going through now is what's really going to get you through yep. the next, next, the next yeah. one. And uh, man, that was just really deep and good, bro. It was genuine. legit, very genuine.
Well, Brick, man, appreciate it, man. Thank you for joining us, man. You are off the hot seat, man. Thank you guys for listening. You know, with, with every show we do and every guest we have, we try to make it very authentic and just be vulnerable and open and secure and make this a safe place for these guys to talk. And you guys have been awesome for supporting us. We can't thank you enough. We are here to educate and entertain. So make sure, like always, and I always ask you, make sure you hit the subscribe button, give us a five-star rating, tell a friend to tell a friend to do what, Peanut? Tell a friend. Make sure anywhere you get your podcast, whether it's Apple or iHeart, link in. Appreciate y'all. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.